bits of the dead has a long history, as does the spectacle of death where people gathered to watch death being inflicted on criminals. However, why are parts of the corpse retained and how they are used varies depending on who they were in life and when they died. An underlying theme for keeping the dead relates to power. The power of the corpse is largely symbolic, however, it has also been believed to be able to enact physical change in the form of healing powers. Corpse medicine is where the dead body is used for medicinal purposes by the living and was hugely popular for over 200 years, according to Richard Sugg in early modern Europe. The criminal corpse was a key source for the practice of corpse medicine, largely due to the availability of bodies after execution from the medieval period. Right through the time of the Tudors in the 16th century, the Stuarts in the 17th century, and extending into the 18th century. Because they were dehumanised in the process of punishing them for their crimes, the body was turned into a resource for healing and appears to have been socially acceptable. Criminal corpses' healing powers were extensive. For example, it was believed that if their blood was swallowed fresh or dried, powdered or in a distilled form, it could cure epilepsy. Belts of the criminal skin could be worn as belts by pregnant women during labour to reduce pain, whilst the fat from the criminal dead was applied in forms of ointment and plasters for skin disease. Alongside the reputed ability of the corpse to heal is the symbolic power they wield through a macabre artefact trade of the criminal dead. Acquiring bits of the corpse ranges from retaining bones to bits of skin that is tanned for preservation purposes. For example, at his swearing-in ceremony as the third governor of Wyoming, John Eugene Osborne allegedly wore shoes made from the tanned skin of George Big Nose Parrot. Osborne had acquired the skin of Parrot after he was executed for robbery and murder in 1881. Lillian Heath, the female doctor involved in Parrot's autopsy, also notably kept part of the corpse, the skullcap, which she used as an ashtray and then as a doorstop in her lifetime. It is not just the United States that has examples of keeping bits of the criminal dead for non-medicinal purposes. In 1828, Scottish body snatcher William Burke, of Burke and Hare fame, had his skin used to bind a book about his criminal deeds, and his skeleton is still held by Edinburgh University. Meanwhile, the scalp and ear of William Corder, the Red Barn murderer, was displayed in a bookshop in Oxford Street, London. A book of his crimes was also bound in his skin, and his skeleton was displayed in the West Suffolk Hospital, rigged with a mechanism that made his arm point at a collection box when approached. Even here in North Yorkshire, we are partial to the remains of the criminal dead. Whitby Museum has an alleged hand of glory. This is the hand of an executed criminal, which provides light only to the bearer of the hand via a wick made of human hair, or a candle made from the executed criminal's body fat. Interestingly, the light can only be snuffed out with milk, and was supposed to be a highly desirable item for burglars. For any Harry Potter fans, Draco Malfoy purchased a Hand of Glory from the dark magic shop Borgin and Burks, which he then used as part of his plot to assassinate Albus Dumbledore in The Half-Blood Prince. Meanwhile, in York, the Hand of Margaret Clitheroe, who was executed on the Ouse Bridge in 1586, is now held in the Bar Convent on Blossom Street, which is on the left and across the road from Micklegate Bar. Following her canonisation in October 1970, Margaret's hand increased in symbolic value, from being the hand of a Catholic martyr to the limb of a saint, making it holy. It would seem that keeping bits of the dead is acceptable if they're criminal or from a saint. <laughs>